Like, oh, you got feelings in my porn. Oh, no, you got porn in my feelings. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Cheap Smut. My name is Katie Mizell. And my name is Carl Mizell. And this is a podcast that is two days late, but we're working on it. How are you, my love? <laughs> doing our best, and I'm doing my best. How are you? I'm better now. Better now. It was a hell of a week. Wow. Boy fucking howdy. Yes. Was it ever a week? Oh my God. Stomach flus. Stomach flus in the, in the Smut Co. Industries household. Yeah. Everybody was barfing. It was awful. The the five year old somehow managed to not get it. Yeah. Knock you know knock on wood that yeah. he has you know still managed to not get it. Uh, I don't know how he managed to dodge it. I kicked the festivities off. I can't remember if it was the day after or two days after Christmas. It I was th- like Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, but it was it was me, and then the girl child. Yep. And then you on Friday. So it was yep. Wednesday thursday or no tuesday and then thursday friday that's what it was and you were out of commission on friday so we didn't record on friday correct and so we were going to record on saturday and then i was going to edit on sunday i took the kids like you explained in a tiktok i took the kids to my side of the family for a fun game night and then the comedy of errors we had a great day everybody was so happy to see the kids because we don't see that side of the family very often it's an hour drive back from there to our house here right we were on the expressway. For those of you familiar with the area, we're on Interstate 69 going west towards our home. And we passed the Miller Road exit, which is like the business district. And it's just almost nothing the rest of the way. And that's when my son announces that he has to go potty. Great. Get a bottle. No big deal. He's learned how to do that. No, he has to poop. Yep. Okay, great. I've passed almost all the businesses, but there are some restaurants at this next exit. No, wait. Your parents are off that exit. Call your dad. Yeah, come on over. Our grandson can poop here whenever he wants. <laughs> Get off the expressway, and our toddler, who is prone to car sickness, proceeds to vomit all over herself. Of course. So I call your dad back, tell him to prepare for a, a barf-covered toddler. Yeah. We go, take take them inside. The, ch- the boy child poops. The girl child gets cleaned up by, by grandma. And then I switch out the car seat because luckily your parents have a car seat. Yes. So you didn't have to drive her home in a barfy car seat. Or clean it. Or clean it. Yeah. Swap those out. And in the process of putting the other car seat in, I bash my fucking skull. Yes. So now, you know, so all of that and only took an it only took an extra 25 minutes. But I definitely did not feel like recording a podcast after all that no absolutely not so here we are recording on sunday (laughs) december 31st 2023 new year's eve yes i will edit the podcast i'm not working on new year's day i will edit the podcast on new year's day and it doesn't matter because you're hearing this after the fact yep (laughs) on at least january 2nd 2024 so uh that's that's the story behind why I did not feel like recording on Saturday and why this episode is late. But on the plus side, at the end of the episode, we have some uh, something really cool to tell you all about when we're talking about the fact that we are getting to re- ready to go on hiatus. But we're going to pull back the curtain a little bit and tell you all about some stuff we have. Well, one thing that we have planned for 2024. 
so that's that's what's going on anything in particular that you know you're just happy to be not sick I'm just happy to be not sick absolutely I was such a wreck I had like you my skin is incredibly fair and I have really like sensitive blood vessels I guess so like when I have a stomach flu when I barf when I vomit a lot I blow petechial like bruises in my face and like my whole chin looks like I don't I looked I looked awful because I was just retching and the pressure in my face I hate it I hate it so much and now I'm not thank you for sitting through that gross rant about the feelings I have in my body when I'm sick listener um (laughs) I feel better now and I'm much happier for it I got out today I got to go to Costco I got to take our dog for a very long walk I'm more myself now than I have been in several days. Also, my meds were out of stock because there is a, oh, yeah. a nationwide shortage of certain ADHD medications right now. And I took like a five day break from my Concerta, well, my ADHD meds. T- take it. Well, yeah, well no, I, I, I was forced <laughs> to take. Yeah, you were forced to take. I'm sure I could have figured it out. I just didn't want to figure it out. Oh, I, yeah, I was so, I was calling a bunch of my 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 client pharmacies. Yeah, <laughs> I call, and I, I didn't tell them who I was. Yeah, we were just calling around to see. And now apparently, it is. I am told becoming pretty standard practice that even if they have it in stock, they will not tell you, because it's becoming a problem. People are just chasing their medications around, and so their regular client base isn't able able to get like it's oh, a, it's wow. it's a big problem. But. Ultimately, I had a five day break from my my Concerta. And then when I went back on it, I got a nice little pep pick me up. So now I feel extra good is what I'm saying. It's noticeable. Yeah, I'm sure it is. So let's take that energy. and Let's channel it into the last episode of the first year of this podcast. So what are we wrapping up year one of Cheap Smut with? Year one of Cheap Smut and our very first celebration of the horny holidays is concluding with Trick Shot, a spicy Christmas novella by Kayla Gross. It is book one in the Puck Brothers duo. The other book is also available. It's called Puck Shy and it is Valentine's themed, which is very cute. I I don't mean to be pedantic, but I think it's Brother Puckers, isn't it? Did I or am I making that up? It I might s- be Brother Puckers. Be- I might have written it down wrong. Because I swore that when I was uh, to Kindle, yeah, to Kindle. Because I, I'm pretty sure that I, I, I was, I was quite tickled by that, uh, that, that title about this. Yeah, no, Brother Puckers, book one. I was wrong. It is Brother okay. Puckers. I, I just, I didn't. W- Thank you for correcting me on that. I didn't want another uh, Didi Ketzenberger on her hands. Oh my God, poor Didi Kestenbaum. Yeah. She was Dee Dee Ketzenberg in my head for so long. <laughs> and I called her Dee Dee Ketzenberger. Yeah. Just now. Just so. now. Ugh. Those and, poor and, and Ketzenbaum it, women. Well, Lily, I was trying to be wrong, so I guess it, it yeah. worked. Yeah. But, uh, well, you did it on purpose. Anyway. Yeah. Book one, Brother book Puckers. One, Brother Puckers. Uh, it is a duo. Like I said, the second book is called Puck Shy, and it is Valentine's Day themed. This book is available for $3.99. It's also available through Kindle Unlimited or to purchase through Amazon in paperback. It is 196 pages. It's the long end of a novella. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was pretty long for a novella, but it clips along. It is, this book was a, um, I was just trying to think of how to describe it earlier. It is compact. It is emotionally dense. It is compact. There is no wasted effort. Like, I don't know how else to, they put a whole lot of feelings. It's like, oh, you got feelings in my porn. Oh, no, you got porn in my feelings. <laughs> uh, 
that's what this book is like. <laughs> so let's see. Let's go through our, our trigger warnings. Um, shitty ex-boyfriend's name, Chad. Mistaken identity becomes deliberate deception. That's where that I, I actually I have a bone to pick in this book. And it's that trigger warning. And we'll talk about it more later. And also uh, multiple fat, hot, naked people. This is a plus sized romance. There is a and it's an MMF romance. So you have a plus sized female main character and a plus sized male main character. So if you don't like fat people, again, what are you doing here? Why are you even here? But also get over yourself. Yeah. And maybe don't read this book, I guess. Whatever. Read what you want. Boring. Uh, and then also in the trigger warnings, there, I did write, oh, there's a lot of emotions in all that porn. Because <laughs> again, yeah. emotionally dense, full of pornography. Our sex content is BDSM, light bondage, light degradation, light humiliation, switching, impact play, menage a trois, toys and squirting jesus christ oh and anal and uh dp oh that's g oh it's menage so i have to yeah. feel it's sort of it's not it's it's implied in my world but it's not implied in say, the rest of the world well you have i suppose you could you could scale it and be like oh it's it's a full menage yeah well i mean a dp doesn't is it's not guaranteed if you're talking about menage because you could have an mmf you can have multiple yeah. vaginas multiple penises you know you, you you don't know what you're gonna get yeah in a menage. it's a I mean, there's there's really only a, so many combinations that you could have, I guess. Yeah, I mean... Three, you could have three. There are infinite human genitalia, but they only come in a certain number of shapes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you I'm saying. You get a base model, and then you get all your extras. Yep. You can do ha- aftermarket parts if you want. Absolutely. You get a wrap. Yep. Nice, <laughs> nice wrap. Tinted windows. <laughs> some, some lights underneath. Oh, my God, yes. Yes. They get a lowrider. Yep. Oh, my God. I yep. would love that. Exactly. Check out your pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> In 2024, uh, I hope you get a tricked out pussy. Oh. <laughs> or a souped up cock. This is my wish for you. <laughs> a tricked out pussy or a souped up cock. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what you want. That's what you're into. If that's what you're into. All right. Uh, so also in our book, in our book today, we are, our tropes are menage a trois, one night stand and Christmas romance. So uh, let's begin. Yes. Shall let's. we? Our first MMC this week is Leo McKnight. He is a sports agent and owner of these of, of a successful agency in his own right. Um, he has dark haired, blue eyed, chiseled, clean shaven. He is a book boyfriend. He is six foot two. He is always in the gym. Lord knows how many abs he has, etc. At least one. At least one. At least one ab. Yes. One big ab. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> Leo is a former hockey player. He was an up and comer who had an injury in his sophomore year of college and had to put his dreams of being in the NHL on the uh, uh, on the pyre, I guess, in the in the ground. Um, He now represents his equally talented hockey player brother and Emmy winner. Now, apparently his brother is both a hockey player and an Emmy winning actor. That's it was dropped in like like sentence eight. So that cash. he had just won an Emmy, and that's why he was negotiating such a large contract for him to be in somebody's Wheaties commercial or something. And I was like, holy fuck, we're just going to skim right past that? The second book is the brother's book, so I guess you'll get the information about that if you if you read Puck Shy. I, I, I'm almost tempted to read it to get an explanation on how yeah, that even works. Me too. I am I am curious. It's also a novella. I'm guessing it's similarly long. It might, and this was a really, really good book. It's very funny. And I know you love funny things. It was probably a local Emmy. I don't. 
nothing, you know. No, that's huge. We were just talking about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I know. We were just talking about how many Emmy winners. Emmy winners we know. Yeah. At least three. Yeah, at least three Emmy winners. And that's Emmy crazy. Winners. And it doesn't matter if they're small or large. No, I know people who won Emmys. Emmys are Emmys that's are Emmys cool. are Emmys. There's, uh, I used to, when I was. Shout out to our friend Justin, my cousin Mike. Yeah, and uh, the Mata Brothers. And the Mata Brothers. Yeah. That's but anyway, so cool. I was gonna say there, there was a, there used to be a Cadillac I used to see in Saginaw when I worked up there all the time, and it had a vanity plate that said G R M Y W N N R. It's a Grammy winner. Grammy winner. That's so cool. Could be anybody. Could be. Doesn't matter. There are so many awards, and I I was kidding. I I'm not denigrating the, the Emmys. Please continue. Oh, okay, okay. So <laughs> we we cut off right before the best part about all of this. Okay, so Leo represents his equally talented hockey player and Emmy award winning award winning twin brother lucas well of course lucas mcknight who is the star forward of the seattle Stormbreakers and hometown hero because he is they are from seattle as well um nobody plays hockey in seattle uh, they do in the Stormbreakers. <laughs> well and the kraken yeah that is they, they are a new team but yeah. I, I just be like it's not like it's not like minnesota or here in michigan where a lot of youths play growing youths. up yeah but there is hockey everywhere now oh of course so yeah it's in the desert if you can make a rink you can have a hockey team they're actually going to play uh the winter a winter classic they do multiples now but they're going to play at uh i think it's called t-mobile park now where the seattle mariners play they're going to oh, play yeah. outdoors oh um oh, i sent man. you that video of marshawn lynch where I they gave him the out- <laughs> I, there's something so uh, romantic i romanticize an outdoor hockey rink for some reason i think they're fantastic there's something that makes that makes hockey outside better it's one of the, it's one of the coolest things the national hockey league has done in an otherwise uh long series of stupid shit the national hockey league has done <laughs> uh is create the winter classic yeah they've yeah. done it here in michigan multiple times including at the big house in 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 ann arbor i believe that is still the record for most people in well, attendance well, at a hockey yeah, game because over a hundred thousand house yeah, yeah the big house is the largest it was at, when i mean at least when i was younger it was the largest single sports arena in the college in college football in all of football i can't remember yeah it's it's the largest stadium yeah it's huge it's it is it is the same size as the coliseum was at its largest in rome the roman coliseum when it was at its largest mm-hmm. it is the size of the big house oh wow yeah I missed most of that because cool I was fucking with my headphones. Oh, it's okay. But anyway. No problem. Let's get back to the book instead of talking about random Yeah, this stadiums. has been a digression fest. Yes. Let's stay on topic. Okay, so at the start of our book, uh, Leo. Leo is sitting in the airport on Christmas Eve nursing a whiskey because his flight has been delayed due to weather. Um, he is in LaGuardia. He lives in New York. He is flying home to Seattle for the holidays, but he went last minute because he doesn't really like the holidays. He's got a lot of baggage uh, around like being an injured former hockey star and being constantly in the shadow of his twin brother. And like he hates the look of pity on people's faces when they realize who he is and they only see him as the brother who could have been something great and so now all he does is represent the brother who is great and Mm -hmm. so he doesn't like to go to parties and have people like look at him like that so he just doesn't go home for the holidays until the last minute i want to live in this world where apparently hockey is popular enough that people recognize the twin of a very famous player yeah well i guess it's because he is an emmy winner like he is big enough now that like everybody knows who he is so leo gets Leo gets confused for Lucas all the time because they are identical twins. And then when he corrects people, then they go, oh, you poor thing. Mm -mm. I'm his agent. I'm not the, I don't know. 
it's like a whole thing. He has a lot of feelings. Yeah. Leo needs to go to a lot of therapy. Um, as most men in these as, books do. Yes, as most men do in general. Um, yeah. <laughs> We're not okay. You're not okay. The patriarchy has damaged you deeply. Yeah. So in the in this LaGuardia bar on Christmas Eve, he is considering just going home to his together but not together long-term friend with benefits, Jace, who is probably still in his apartment and he could just go home and have sex with Jace instead of sitting in this airport. Why doesn't he do that? So he gets up to go and leave, but when he turns around, he sees our FMC, who is tall. They never really specify how tall, but I'm going to guess somewhere in the five foot ten range. Mm-hmm. Fat, big-tittied, red-headed, green-eyed, absolute motherfucking hottie her name is riley mm-hmm. um, and riley is dressed for the holidays in like a green sweater and red peacoat and candy cane scarf and like she's got she's all frazzled and her face is all red because she's just run through this airport she lands in this bar just to look at the tv for the arrivals um, or for the departures and as soon as she sees that she's delayed she starts cursing out someone named chad under her <laughs> breath um which is always a good fallback name to curse absolutely i can't think of a douchier name off the top of my head it's always chad it's it's so finet ch- ad yeah chad 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 so leo takes the fantastic opening that is chad to start talking to riley and she for a second looks at him in his starstruck and he's like oh fuck she thinks she recognizes me and she thinks that he is Lucas. He doesn't, he doesn't correct her though, because he thinks this is just going to be like a chat in a bar Mm -hmm. and he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to see the look of disappointment on her face Mm -hmm. when she realizes that she's not his, that he's not his famous brother or whatever. So he, he chats her up for a minute. He realizes that he kind of likes her. Um, and so he decides to see if she wants a drink to sit down and have a chat. Um, now, 30 seconds of thought on Riley's part would, would suss this out. Because if it's Christmas, that's the season. And the NHL doesn't stop for Christmas. We'll, yeah. get, we'll get to it. Noted. I just, it, 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 if, if, she, if she knows enough to recognize that player, I would like to think that she would be able to go... Wait a second. Yeah, why aren't you in Seattle right now where you play? Wait. In the, the middle of the, the season. The Storm Chasers are playing the Wichita Cornhuskers yeah. or whatever fake de- yeah. like, in Seattle right now. There's no way that that could be that person. Yeah. But that's that's how my brain works. No, I, we'll get to it. Okay, thank you. She gets a drink, he grabs his whiskey, and they go over to like some couches and they have a conversation. She tells him that she was supposed to be home already and her shitty ex-boyfriend, who is also her current boss, the Chad in question, um, insisted on a meeting that they had to have today with like a buddy. She works in advertising. She's an ad something or other. I have no, I have no idea what she does. She works in advertising. Okay. And in addition to going to this meeting that had to be on Christmas Eve, she had to dress festive for the meeting, but then she showed up in a, into a room full of men in suits and she knew that Chad was just fucking with her and insisting on having this meeting today to inf- influence her time with her family because he's shitty because she broke up with him because he cheated on her. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And I'd like, I mean, I'd like to think that this is just some something that Kayla Gross came up with for a book yeah but i know that 
Oh yeah, men are that is like nothing. Oh no, no nothing no. for men. That is that is that is basic <laughs> for level shitty, masculine for shitty, shittiness. Yeah, for m- male shittiness. Male that shittiness. Is basic level. Yeah, man shittiness. I won't even say male man shittiness. Yeah, uh, that's some man shit. <laughs> that's some man shit right there. And yeah, it's pretty common. He's throwing. So Leo actually asks her. She he says, "Why do you stay in this job if your boss is going to be like this? And he's also your ex boyfriend. Like this seems like an awful situation." And she says, "Because she's not going to give up on her dream job at her dream ad agency because a man is throwing a tantrum about a problem he he caused." Yeah. And that's when I fell in love with her. Because she was like, I'm not giving in to Chad's whiny. Like, Absolutely. He, he's going to go on being in charge of this department and I have to leave my dream job because he he sucks? No. no yeah. Not going to happen. Good for you, Riley. Absolutely. We stand. I love her. Eventually, this conversation w- between them becomes flirtatious. They've both, like, had a couple of drinks at this point. They're very attracted to each other. They're both super hot. So, you know, we know where this is going. And this is where... In, in this scene, this flirtation is where Leo first calls Riley Shortcake. And that will be her nickname through the rest of the book. It's very cute. I love the nickname Shortcake. He calls her that not because she's short, because she's not, but because when she blushes, she looks like a strawberry shortcake. Like and the doll? No, like the dessert. Oh. Like she's very pale and she has red hair <laughs> oh, okay. and then she blushes gotcha. and she's all red. And I, yeah. Anybody who tried to be that presumptuous with me and like nickname me within like an hour of meeting me. I don't, I don't know if I'd like that. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it just feels like, oh. man, I'm just a party pooper. You are a party pooper. What the hell? Come yeah. on. <laughs> you do have the best nickname in the world. It took you several years. It took me several years to come up with your your fantastic nickname, well, though. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe right off the bat doesn't work for you. It takes longer. you got to dig through those onion-like layers. <laughs> those layers of trauma and anger and <laughs> autism uh, and autism and masks and in, in, in masks on masks on masks <laughs> all i got is masks man <laughs> <laughs> shout out gambino i love you in return for calling her shortcake by the way she calls him beefcake which i think is also equally funny so then leo ultimately ultimately what happens is leo invites her to come home with him sex or no sex he just wants to hang out with her more because he likes her they have instant chemistry that yeah. is ve- it's palpable it's very good for as the reader it feels very like the the feeling of slipping into into the chemistry of these of these characters was like like rolling up in like a big sherpa blanket it's all luxurious oh yeah 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 yeah. So he invites her to go home. She agrees, thinking how jealous her sister is going to be that she went home with her crush. Her so Riley's sister Stevie has a crush on Leo's brother Lucas. Okay. Now, at this point, I no. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I got that wrong. I didn't. I got it right the first time. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I thought I fucked up their names again. <laughs> Please continue. At this point, has he already begun a deception? Because. He, if she's willing to leave this airport with this man that she has nicknamed and had several drinks with, is she doing so under the auspices of thinking that it's her, his brother? Hey, yeah, you found my problem with the book. Yeah. You did. And it, it, it continues to be a problem. It continues to be a problem for a while until it becomes the central issue in the book. Oh, um, good. But yes, it is. It, it's I wouldn't necessarily call it uh, like dubious consent, um, but it is in the realm of it's, it's icky. It's not good. It, it, I'll get more into it later. But yes. So at this point, she thinks he is Lucas. He is pretending to be Lucas. And he has texted Jace, who is picking them up from the airport and asked him to play along as well. So 
for the rest of this night, Riley is going to continue to believe that Leo is Lucas McKnight. All right. Yeah, I knew this was going to be a difficult one. I knew this was going to be a difficult <laughs> one for you because it was a difficult one for me too. So Jace is pissed about the request, but ultimately he ends up doing it because he's stupid, dumb, in love with Leo and he'll basically do whatever he wants. He picks them up from the airport. He and Riley also have an instant connection that's much more like vivacious and bubbly. They mm-hmm. have a different kind of connection, but it's also it, it also works very well. Jace is our second FMC. This is where we finally meet him. So he is described as massive. He is six foot three, Samoan, hunky man. Um, so he's also described as sort of like a fat Jason Momoa. So mm-hmm. a, a, a chubby, big Samoan yeah. guy. Um, he's covered in tattoos, including several traditional Samoan tribal tattoos. He is bearded. He has medium length brown hair. He has brown eyes and obviously tanned skin. He is referred to several times in the book as a Khal Drogo fantasy. So he's Jason Momoa, mm-hmm. but fat. Yeah. Not to be confused with um, Cow Dragon, who is our daughter's newest Squishmallow. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, where the fuck are you going with this? Every time I read the, the name Cal Drogo in this book, I kept thinking of Cow Dragon because she, our daughter literally just got a Cow Dragon Squishmallow for Christmas yeah. and she loves that damn thing. She does. Okay, so Jace is also a sports agent. He works at Leo's firm, but he actually is the one that got Leo into the business not the other way around jace grew up in hawaii as a he is a former mormon there is a very large lds population in hawaii he left the church and came to the mainland um, when he came out as bi and a lot of his family rejected him so jace is bi leo is pan and riley's sexuality is never established Mm. but um our two dudes are already in a sexual relationship with each other and both attracted to her. All the way home on the drive, Riley and Jace get to know each other while Leo fantasizes about threesomes. So it's already getting horny. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So Leo's penthouse is this like giant wet dream of like a like windows overlooking New York City. It's mm. all decked out for Christmas. It's beautiful. It probably cost millions of dollars. It's, it overlooks Central Park. So oh, wow. it has to cost a fortune. And here... Here is where I think Riley should have figured it out. Why do you have a penthouse in New York City if you play for the Seattle Stormbreakers? It is the middle of your season. Why are you in a penthouse in New York City on Christmas Eve? I will say that it is extremely unusual that for two guys who, they were from Seattle. Yes. Correct? So they're from the area. Yeah. And, And the brother... Lucas. Luke, I almost called him Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> same, same, yep. Leroy McKnight. Uh, Lucas McKnight. Uh, it's highly unlikely that he would have this New York penthouse. Now, that said, uh, it's not unusual for athletes to have, you know, multiple places, uh, especially baseball players, because they have to have spring training. They go to spring training. Yeah. Um, that get, sort of thing. I get that. I just don't know why a man would be a man who ostensibly plays hockey in seattle would be like established in his home in new york in the middle of the season well yeah that that would not make any sense now having the home if he's an emmy winner (laughs) yeah maybe yeah maybe maybe okay maybe he's setting up in new york to be closer to agencies and that sort of thing but again middle of the season yeah hockey doesn't stop 
for, yeah. for Christmas. And you think your trainers are going to be cool with you flying across the country in the middle of the season and, for no reason? And what? why were you at the airport by yeah. yourself without the team? Yep. You know, like there are a lot of signs that I think Riley willingly, I'm going to yes. give Riley the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like I said, I think I think her pussy stole her brain away. Yeah, because if she's smart enough to call Chad on his ma- his male bullshit, yes, she should she's an be incredibly. She's an incredibly intelligent woman. She should be smart enough to figure this one out. She was blinded by the horn. Yep, exactly. Yep. Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you there. So they get back to the penthouse. Riley is delighted by the whole thing because it's, it's like social media worthy and gorgeous. Jake's Jace makes them drinks. He makes them a custom cocktail. The recipe for which is in the beginning of this book, Oh, delightful. which is very nice. I it love includes, when they do things includes like that. a rosemary, simple syrup, which sounds delicious. They sit down, they have their drink and then Leo and Jace just come right out and share the truth. They are together. They are sexually together, but they swear that they are both commitment phobic. So they are non-monogamous and Riley gets the impression that tonight is going to get interesting. Okay. That is wildly, I know, right? Wildly fucked up. Wildly fucked up because not only are you pretending to be your extremely famous brother, but you have just came. You have just come out on behalf of your brother, quote unquote, <laughs> to a total yep. fucking yep. stranger. You have just told somebody that you are the first <laughs> openly queer professional hockey player in the National Hockey League. Yep, that's fucked. Yes, it is. It's incredibly messed up. Like I said, I have problems with this book. This I loved this book. I thought this book was fantastic, uh, it, but it does require some suspension of disbelief and an easy ability to forgive. Yeah, and yeah, I can do that because it's fiction. But it's fiction does not work for everyone, and I understand that. Yeah, and, um, and, and let's. And it doesn't well, work in all situations. Let's just be clear. I did not get involved in that TikTok nonsense a few weeks ago, but it's fiction does not mean that KKK members get to have romance novels written about them. Yeah, no, no, there, 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 there is a line, and that, and 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 just so we're clear, and, and I think by now we've earned the trust of the listener. But when we are we are criticizing these characters. Oh God, yes, I'm ne- <laughs> I'm not criticizing Kayla yeah. Gross. I'm criticizing no. Riley. Exactly. I'm criticizing Leo. I'm criticizing Jace. Yeah, criticizing the characters. We yeah. want to just make sure we're perfect clear absolutely for the choices they are making Kayla Gross is a fantastic author and I wouldn't feel this way if she didn't do her job very well exactly yes so after they they give her the option obviously she 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 understands like we want to have a threesome there's no pressure here they're fine either way but she's like I got to go to the bathroom now excuse me so she skitters off to go be by herself and she like pep talks herself in the mirror she's basically like hey that's an incredibly hot guy out there he's she still thinks he's Lucas McKnight but we'll just glossing over that part and his incredibly hot friend and they both want to fuck you and it's Christmas Eve and go do something fun Mm -hmm. and then she starts having a panic attack because her legs aren't shaved and she's wearing her highest granny panties oh yeah (laughs) both of those are things that she has feelings about Leo comes to check on her. He knocks on the door. And when she opens it to him, she immediately just blurts it out. Like, my legs aren't shaved. I'm wearing my granny, pla- granny panties and my legs aren't shaved. Yeah. And I'm freaking out right now. If if a guy doesn't want to fuck you because your legs aren't shaved and or you're wearing your granny panties, that's not somebody you want to fuck in the first place. Yeah, for real. But from Leo's perspective, he thinks it's really funny because he's like, there's this hairy fucking Samoan out there and I fuck him all the time. Yeah. I don't care about body hair, <laughs> but she cares about it. <laughs> but she cares about it. 
And so he cares about it. And so he says, how about you take a shower and I will shave your legs for you? No, thank you. Now, we're... (laughs) This is getting into the realm of kink. So this is where g- things are. I, this is not the first time we've done leg shaving on this show either. And again, please don't shave my legs. I don't want you to do that. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't go, like it. Go ahead and put your penis inside me, but don't you dare try to shave my fucking legs. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, I'm good. I'm good. You know what? I use I use a pillatory cream anyway, so you don't yeah. have to do that. You don't. Have, I'd rather just smell like Nair. Yep. <laughs> no, thanks. But she's into it. And so from here on out, this is... In my notes, red and underlined, this is porn until I say it's not porn. Okay, so we've officially entered porn country. Yes. We we can't stay here. It's porn country. <laughs> <laughs> Just dildos with bat wings <laughs> flying around. <laughs> Just butt plugs zipping at your yep. head. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, okay. This is now porn. So Leo and Riley kiss and then he strips her. This is a fire. There are three fire emojis in my notes. It was a fire kiss. It was their first kiss and it was very good. He strips her down and then tells her to go and take a shower. Um, she does so and he gathers some supplies. He comes back with shaving supplies like on a tray, which I know <laughs> but shaving supplies and a big purple butt plug on a tray. <laughs> I hope he genuflected before her with it. My lady, up. have come with an offering, please, if you would be so kind. Just kneel and then hold it above your head and, and put put your head down in fealty. Yeah, exactly. Bless me. <laughs> Bless me with your consent yep. <laughs> to put this butt plug in you, please. Right. So they fall perfectly and immediately into some dom and sub roles. She calls him sir. There will be some use of like he they will he will call her a slut. Jace will also also call her a slut. There's some demeaning language in there. Um, I, ho- I hope there was some lube on that tray. Oh, there's, there's, yes, there was a big old bottle of lube. There's lube all the time in this book. <laughs> I, I was going to say there has to be. Yeah, there's not. It's not one of those books where they magically don't need it. You know, yeah, um, everything's self lubricating. Yeah, well, the, technically, the anus is self lubricating. It does not have enough. You need more. Yeah. <laughs> than you can provide <laughs> from your own body. That's why the lovely people of Kentucky Jelly. <laughs> are here to help you out (laughs) reminder don't use silicone based lubricants if you're using a condom because you might compromise the condom anyway so this is the magic of fiction they fall they fall perfectly into these kinky roles he places the butt plug and spanks her a few times um and then he has her sit down on a shower bench places it where in her (laughs) butt my love he places the butt plug he places it gently on the floor and then they do a little dance around it yeah um Um, so he places the butt plug in her butt thank you and then he spanks her several times she's very into it um and then he has her sit down on a shower bench and he shaves her legs with incredible care he's very sweet and lovely he shaves from ankle to to hip like the whole leg (laughs) i don't even do that to myself man that's a lot of leg if i I walked i was gonna say you're you're like 70 percent leg i am there's so much leg here if i walk down on you we're talking about similar leg length for a five foot ten fat woman oh yeah similar surface area no, I'm not even kidding. Like, you are, I would say 60-40 leg. You're definitely more leg than torso. Yes, If I, I walked in and I saw you with a razor anywhere above your knee, <laughs> that would be like, she's fucking somebody else. Oh, yeah. What's she doing? Yeah, what what's she are you doing? doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Shave it above the knee. <laughs> you don't shave above your knees. Mm, what's his name? <laughs> Christina? 
Yeah, that's that, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> if I were, it would be with a woman, but I'm not because I don't have the energy. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no man worth the effort of I, cheating. Absolutely fucking not. Are you kidding me? I found like one good one. <laughs> Thank one. <you>. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not giving him up. Okay, so he shaves her legs legs with incredible care. And then when he's all done with that, he eats her out with enthusiasm until she is screaming and Jace is in the kit like they're on purpose. <laughs> and the whole time Jace is just out there like yeah, making Jace a sandwich. Is cooking dinner. Oh, okay. He's out there cooking dinner. Oh, sorry. Leo did tell her that when they started all this, that Jace was going to join them later if she wanted him to. Um, but he, he was cooking them dinner at the time. <laughs> but Leo goes first because finders keepers. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I guess they, they sort of, in, in the book, it is a like an easing in. Like, you yeah. can't just start with both. That's a lot of dude. Yeah. And I guess it's finders keepers because Leo saw her first. I don't <laughs> It could have been Jace just as easily. A dibs is a dibs is a dibs. A dibs is a dibs is a dibs, bud. My rocket. I found her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she's my sniper um they're doing this on purpose in the bathroom because it's echoey and jace is hearing on on purpose this is all foreplay he's in the kitchen just like barely holding it together <laughs> adjusting his dick um as he's trying to cook them dinner <laughs> this that's not sanitary lovely man sure it is he's making steak it's all very high temperature oh, okay so when they're all done leo informs riley that the plug will be staying in for dinner <laughs> So he finishes cleaning her up. He quickly cleans himself up. They get dressed and they go out and they have a lovely meal with Jace of steak, asparagus and potatoes, which sounds delicious. Maybe we should have steak for dinner tomorrow night. Um, <laughs> steak a poivre just hits different. Hits different with, with a butt, butt plug. plug in. <laughs> they all sit down in their in the like formal dining room. They enjoy their meal. It, it immediately, is, it's again very flirtatious. Um, the implied threesome is then confirmed. Like we get some verbal confirmation. <laughs> the consent is ongoing and enthusiastic throughout yeah. this book. Threesome, um, threesome, threesome. Yep. Yeah. Uh, with the asterisk of she thinks he's a completely different dude. Uh, yeah, um, I was gonna say uh, th- 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 this is definitely some serious dub con because yeah. she is consenting to have sex with Lucas McKnight, <laughs> not, not Leo. Leo McKnight. Yeah. So. They're sitting at the table. They're having a lovely time. They are, again, they, Jace gets consent from Riley to play. She's not entirely sure what that means until the plug in her ass starts vibrating because it's remote controlled and he's got the controller in his pocket. No. <laughs> See, um, that feels like dubious consent. Oh. I didn't consent to a vibrating butt plug. <laughs> I consented to a normal a Christian bu- butt plug. <laughs> What is this, a motor in my good Christian butt plug? <laughs> I didn't sign up for the devil's butt plug. Get this witchcraft out of my asshole. Put that on a t-shirt. Get this witchcraft out of my asshole. <laughs> There's your t-shirt. Oh, my God. That was beautiful. Thank you. Um, so she's got this vibrating plug in her ass and she has to continue eating her meal. So they have she they have a meal this way. They eat. Uh, a fun story. There have been several cheating scandals in the chess world recently. <laughs> Where is this go? Where is this coming from? Where is this going? <laughs> because yeah. there is it, allegedly several chess players have used vibrating beads. Yeah. <clears throat> stuck up their ass. Uh-huh. In games, in games, yeah, and somehow, like, some, get, yeah, somebody else is like, yeah, signaling them yeah. with the vibrating. That's genius and kinky I, and cheating still. Exactly. But. I again, I'm very casually. They, they very, find out when they have huge erections, <laughs> right? 
or not. I don't know. Or they just look really uncomfortable if they're not used to having things in their ass. But I, mean, I guess, but like eventually, vibration over your pee spot, whether you want it or not, is going to give you an erection. Yeah, and also there was also a a poker player who was accused of of doing that as well. Amazing. So there you go. I love it. So you think uh, you think eating a meal with a vibrating butt plug is in India is, is difficult? Try winning a ten thousand dollar poker hand. Yep. Or the chess. Yeah. Come to me when that's the latest pitch stealing scandal. Right. <laughs> Fuck a garbage can, man. <laughs> Why is Jose Altuve stepping out yeah. of the box? Why is Max Scherzer jumping around like that? <laughs> oh, that's a balk. You see that? He just fell down on the pitcher's mound. <laughs> Why is he convulsing like that? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> We've gone too far. <laughs> pull back. Pull back. Excuse me. Dinner. They eat. They eat their dinner basically just to have their strength. That's it. <laughs> this is pure fuel. Yep. And for and like two more glasses of wine each because they need a little lubricant, like a little mental yeah. lubricant to get into this, the spicy space. They get ready for what's to come. What is to come? Jace takes them to the den, which is the most homey, Christmassy decorated room in the place. There's like a big fir tree and it's all decorated in multicolored lights and it's lovely. And they also have a big leather sectional and cozy fireplace in there. Consent and permissions are all established and exchanged here at, at formally in this space and they end this chapter with uh kayla gross is very very good with ending chapters with uh, incredible buttons <laughs> jason just says but please call me daddy and then they get right into it jace is daddy and he is daddy to both leo and riley there is power exchange here that is extra interesting because there's a third party involved mm -hmm. so when we're talking about the hierarchy in this particular scene jace is on the top of the ladder and then leo is on the second rung and then riley's like way down at the bottom okay um we're, we're power exchanging but daddy is in control here Roger. Roger that. So Daddy Jace comes out to play. Um, he is incredibly dominant. He has Leo suck his dick while Riley watches and strips for them. And eventually she is on her back and under Leo sucking his dick while he like while he sucks Jace's dick. That's. Yep. I had to start like yep. imagining. I think at one point I told you that I was having yeah. troubles keeping track of whose whose like parts were going yep. where. Could get, get a couple of those life drawing wooden figures uh, authors do this yeah they actually have to yeah. uh, some of them have to especially when you're talking about like your multiple partners like this you got to keep track of where all your limbs are yeah <laughs> maybe um, get a maybe get a couple extra ones so you can like you know glue parts on for monster dicks oh and, yeah get some clay make yep. a big old monster dick try and figure it all out yep. yeah that sounds amazing in terms of like playing as an author that sounds like a lot of fun but yeah so just come in you're just here click 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 click, click, click. <laughs> Oh. Uh, huh, huh. Katie's working yep, on a scene Katie's again. Katie's making scenes again. <laughs> she's not writing no, anything. She's just a freak. <laughs> she's just, she's just like she's banging just wooden weird. figures around. Making them <laughs> Don't mind her. It brings her joy. Faceless, featureless wooden <laughs> creatures. It's my kink. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've said faceless and entirely featureless wooden figures, I'm considering giant dolls. There you go. I said I was going to write a book this year. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> put it in the, put it back in the idea bank. Back to this book uh, that Kayla already wrote. We'll get back to her. There was a point where I, w I remember last night, I, I think I, or a couple nights ago, I blurted out, ah, I didn't realize whose ass they were eating. That's why yeah. I was confused. 
<laughs> because I couldn't figure out the mechanics, and then yeah. I realized they were, I was thinking they were eating a different ass. <laughs> it was like, like an optical ass-eating illusion. <laughs> it's hard to keep track of sometimes, especially when they're this enthusiastic, because they are all over each other and all over the place, and I loved it. Yeah. It, it was very high energy, and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. So this blowjob then morphs into an incredibly debauched face fuck. Jace comes down Leo's throat. Leo comes down Riley's throat. Riley is totally blissed out, mascara streaming down her face, like gagged and, and trust, and she absolutely loves it. Um, they pull her up to lay on Jace's chest so that he she's like between his legs and laid back against mm-hmm. his shoulder. Leo then goes and gets a solid glass Christmas tree-shaped ornament or statuette of some kind which he then uses to fuck her with while the butt plug is still in her ass still vibrating wow he eats her out as well while jace is playing with her nipples and and whisperings cheap nothings in her sweet nothings in her ear they could be cheap. Uh, dirt cheap dirty nothings in her ear um, until she comes so hard that when she comes out of it she <laughs> says did i die <laughs> and somebody says back to her no riley you squirted <laughs> so <laughs> there you go she just came real good on our new leather, on the leather sofa <laughs> you can leave yeah, right they actually they decide to take it to the bedroom not because because the sofa can be wiped down but they don't want to ruin the rug yeah underneath so jace then licks leo's face clean because she squirted all over leo's face that was a lot because yeah. while that was happening he was also in his head he was having a crisis knowing that eventually Leo's identity was going to get found out and all of this fantastic sex and incredible trust that they have built with this woman is going to crumble immediately <laughs> oh you don't fucking say no shit yeah but they've dug themselves too deep into the hole now you know like there's nothing best thing you can hope for is that your dick game is good enough that she's willing to overlook the fact that you lied about being somebody else. seriously <laughs> so good luck yeah I guess it does help that I, I never I never mentioned this. Welcome, welcome to the di- Big Dick Club. Both dudes, they are both gigantic. Well, of, of course, course they, they are. are. I mean, this, they're six foot three and six foot two respectively. So you, if they could have, if we're talking just proportions, proportional dicks, reasonably sized dicks, but they're not reasonable. They're huge. Of course, of course they are. They must be. This is porn. It has to be. Um, <laughs> so they do then. So they take things to the bedroom. After a quick discussion, they decide against condoms. This is the only time that Leo and Jace have ever gone bare with a third partner, and it's the only time Riley's ever not used condoms. So mm-hmm. we are just diving right into the trust thing again. It's a really messy trust situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, not great. <laughs> so they have that conversation they get on the bed and they begin eventually so what happens is riley starts jacking both of them off mm-hmm. and then she pulls them together so she can jack off both of their dicks at the same time yeah. and then she tells them to kiss and then i laughed because in my head i just heard now kiss right and she made <laughs> yep little sounds with the tips of their penises yep <laughs> now kiss so they did they made out for her for a little while then there is just i mean i couldn't keep track of it all but the kissing the sucking the fucking the doing every other kind of ing until eventually riley is on top riding leo they remove the plug so that jace can then fuck her in the ass so then there's there's double penetration Mm -hmm. they sort of collapse sideways until they're in like this spooned arrangement and they all 
finish the total number of orgasms lost count a long time ago it's they're a mess everybody's had a great time Riley is completely catatonic she falls asleep when she wakes up the next morning she discovers that they cleaned her up and like put her in a t-shirt and plugged her phone in for her because she was completely done and put the butt plug back in oh in her butt no I don't (laughs) I would think that she would need a break after all yeah I would like to think yeah she just seemed to enjoy it so much. She did. And she felt like maybe it was just a comfort item for yeah. her. Um, <laughs> my, a butt plug right, my, right my in her comfort booty. Plug. I mean, it might be. Some people might find extreme maybe. comfort in that. I, I don't know. I'm not yucking your yums. So she wakes up in the morning. She wiggles out from between the two dudes so that she can go pee. Checks her phone. Briefly texts her sister about, like, you know, she's going to have to reschedule her flight. She's still, it's Christmas Day. Yeah. She's still going to have to fly into Seattle. She's trying to get in today if she can. And then she starts looking around the condo. And that's when she starts finding some things that don't quite make sense. Like, there are no hockey awards on the walls for this star hockey player. But there is an award on the wall for Leo's agency. Um, yep. And that doesn't make a lot of sense. A few other things. <laughs> I just really like my agent. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. You're celebrating your brother's accomplishments. That's great. Where's, like, any of your accomplishments? <laughs> And there's she's so she's starting to poke around and starting to realize it. But then before before her brain can fully connect the dots, Leo is behind her and he's making her a cup of coffee and they're making breakfast and it's lovely and delightful. And then Jace comes into the room as well. And when all three of them are together, it's like some kind of horny bomb goes off (laughs) (laughs) because immediately they get into horny mode and she's like, well, it was going to be a one night stand, but I guess it's still just like the morning of the same one night stand. We could keep on doing this. So she drops to her knees. She can't have any more sex. She's all her, all her orifices are out of commission, but some oral is on the table. So she drops to her knees tells them to use her so jace ties her hands behind her back apparently he's into some shibari so he ties her hands behind her back with some rope they fuck her face it's a fantastic time everybody's loving it and then the fatal error when they come jace yells leo's name (laughs) that's the giveaway oops i think he screams come with me leo as they're like holding hands and making out and uh so it's a nickname yeah they go to clean her up trying to be just as loving and caring as they were the night before but she rejects them completely and tells them that she understands what's happening now and she gets she's super pissed and she storms out and she leaves she tells them that they deserve each other she doesn't want anything to do with them she trusted them and they betrayed her trust goodbye yes she reschedules her flight and she goes home to go and get her shit or no, she goes right to the airport because she still has her bags. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes right to the airport and she flies home. Um, Great. You can find us. <laughs> <laughs> and if this were an erotica, that would be where it ended. But this is a romance novel. No. Okay. So we're in the third act now. Oh, right. Yeah. So in the emotional devastation that is left behind, Leo then goes for a walk, leaving Jace alone in the apartment all day with his feelings everybody's having like I said a lot of feelings Jace is having a lot of feelings about the fact that yeah they always said that they were sort of like together not together non-monogamous whatever but they he he realizes that neither he or Leo has been with anyone else Mm -hmm. in months and he has feelings for Leo and Leo needs to get his head out of his ass because he can't keep doing this to himself Jace can't keep doing this to himself waiting for Leo and 
Leo is having a shit ton of feelings about feeling like he's always in his brother's shadow and how he feels about hockey and how he feels about Jace and whether or not he can continue to, you know, like live the life he wants to live if he's suddenly out. And a, a lot of a lot of big feelings, a lot of questions yeah. are happening. But eventually the day comes to an end. Several hours later, Leo comes back to the to the penthouse and wants to have a talk with Jace. They have a drink. They sit down. Leo says he went to the movies, but he doesn't know what he watched. He just bought a ticket and he sat there and he thought for a while. And then he went to Central Park and then he walked for hours and hours and hours until um, the sun went down. And then he just walked some back streets and stuff. And then he, so he's here to apologize for being obtuse and selfish. That's what he says. Good start. And then he drops the most emotionally intelligent, self-observant apology I have ever heard. It made me go, when did they put a bunch of free therapists in Central fucking Park? (laughs) I'm serious. This man was the biggest asshole on the planet yesterday today he is self-actualized and all it took was one good pussy i guess i don't (laughs) know what it was it took the magic of that threesome to get him to understand his own bullshit i don't know (laughs) i guess that that is like it's sex magic it happens in in books all the time and we should call it out it's not how the real world works no no no. you can't just fuck things better but it happens in books sometimes <laughs> and that's nice it's the magic of i don't Christmas. know I, I met you and i wanted to get my shit together pretty oh. quick <laughs> that's just the love of a good woman yeah uh, but i guess we can say that the sex had something to do with it if you want to it was a part <clears throat> so leo and jace they have this conversation and eventually what so it comes down to is leo tells jace that no matter what happens with riley he wants to be with jace for real. No more together but not together. No more on the down low. We are doing this for real. And he loves him. And he wants to be his boyfriend. But they both know that they both want Riley. And even after just one night, they know that she's going to be important to them. And he's already bought tickets. So why don't we go get on a plane to Seattle? Mm-hmm. So that's what they're going to go do. In Seattle, Riley is miserable and sad and barely holding it together. Um, she is at the beginning of the next scene. She's in sitting in her bed in her old room when her sister Stevie comes in to talk to her because she knows that she's upset. Yeah. She tells Stevie everything, everything that happened until eventually they have to leave because St- Stevie starts squealing about threesomes and butt plugs. And so they have to leave because they're going to like their parents are going to hear. And I don't want mom and dad to know I got Eiffel Towered last night, you know? (laughs) So they go to a sports bar in downtown Seattle and they have a conversation. They have a bunch of beers and they talk about it. And Lucas is there and then she lights him up because she thinks it's Leo. And he's like, what the fuck is my brother doing again? Uh, Oh, no, I wish that was what happened. That would have been good. Um, I would have felt real bad for that guy. Oh, poor, yeah, poor Lucas. <laughs> I would have felt bad for him too if that is what happened. So they have a bunch of beers and Stevie Stevie asks Riley why exactly it is that she is upset. Because if this was framed as a one night stand and he didn't give his real name, is that such a big deal? I she, Stevie says, I have given fake names to hookups because I don't want them to know who I am or any other reason. If this was just a one night stand, why does this matter? Okay. And Riley's, so she tries to say, you know, well, it's because he said he was Lucas McKnight. No, you said he was Lucas McKnight. And he looks like Lucas McKnight. And he got away with being Lucas Lucas McKnight. But again, if he was getting away with being Lucas, Lucas McKnight for one night, God, it's hard to say that name a lot of times in a row. <laughs> Jesus. If he was getting away with it for one night to get good sex, 
why do you care? And eventually she calls, she's like, oh, you're in love with him. You're in love with both of them. And that's why you're having all these feelings. And Riley's like, I can't be in love with them. All I did was have a lot of sex with them. And Stevie's like, bitch, it's 2023. The, stranger things have happened than falling in love after some real good dick. Yeah, right. You know? So, I mean, maybe you have to, maybe you have to have a little more, maybe you have to think a little bit more about exactly why it is you're feeling this way. And exactly. It's not unheard of that you could fuck your way into love it's not like you're proposing something like a global pandemic that could have been oh yeah you know not necessarily eradicated but like (laughs) maybe just like sort of like mitigated mitigated if everybody had just listened but then like they didn't listen because oh my my capitalism yeah um that's unrealistic that would never happen yeah but you could fuck your way into loving somebody pretty easy yeah especially when it's the sex that i'd read in this book (laughs) uh (laughs) <laughs> so Riley then so she confides she's a few beers in now and she's having some revelations she confides in Stevie that a lot of what she is feeling is trust issues that she has because of Chad because Chad cheated on her and Chad has been fucking with her ever since and Stevie's like okay well it's not fair to put your shit about Chad on Leo and Jace so you need to have a conversation with them they were shitty but you were just as shitty when you walked out the door without having a conversation when your feelings were involved yeah that's fair that Stevie, is fair. You're smart. That is fair. And Stevie does bring up a good point. Now, do would I ever dare to do something like that? Absolutely fucking not. I still think it is wildly fucked. Oh, it's But Yeah. Well, you that, have a very particular sense of justice. Exactly. That said, I also do have the ability to to look at it, you know, from an outsider's perspective. And she makes an excellent point. I can absolutely understand why a woman would lie to a man and give them a fake name if they weren't expecting to see them ever again absolutely mm. i would lo- I, I completely understand that i wouldn't I, I don't like that he you know kept the ruse up but stevie's right if if that's what you thought why the fuck do you care yeah so if you were there for a one night stand and you got good dick and then you were done yeah. Why did you why do you care that you learned his name was actually Leo in the morning? Yeah, I. OK, we're having some big conversations now. Still think it's fucked <laughs> from a personal standpoint, but I can understand how other people would agree and go. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't do it, but that makes sense. I agree. Once we've gotten to the end of it and had all the conversations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, but of course, this is the this is the, the scenario where this all works out perfectly. It wouldn't work out if, say, you were in this scenario right. because you wouldn't accept this. Right. So Stevie tells Riley that she needs to have a conversation with these men if she wants to hope to have a future with these men, which she seems to want to. Luckily, she can do that right now because they're here. Great. Yes. I don't know how they did it, but they got Riley's home, parents' home address, showed up at their house. I don't know. Maybe maybe they're still in the yellow pages. That exists, right? No? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, they showed up at their house. The parents told the men where they could find their daughters <laughs> stevie's like give give dad a break he thought it was lucas mcknight <laughs> <laughs> asking he thought it was hometown hero Stormbreaker right. star forward lucas mcknight asking where his daughters were and then he's like yeah <laughs> they're, no. they're they're at, they're at stinky sports bar <laughs> they're, at, they're at the sports bar watching the Stormbreakers game right now man that's so great be, and, then he, on, and right? then he goes and sits back down in his chair <laughs> go, honey wait <laughs> now he's on the tv now, he just scooted on over here on the Zamboni. Time's fucked, man. We don't even know anymore. <laughs> so they have a quick conversation. Riley leaves Stevie at the bar with the car and goes to the boys' hotel room with them. 
where they have booked the honeymoon suite. Of course, they booked the nicest place for Riley that they could find. Riley apologizes to them for blowing up on them and not staying to talk about it when her feelings were hurt. And they're like, why are you apologizing to us? We're the ones who did shitty things. Everyone is very apologetic. Leo and Jace apologize for all of the deception. And Leo apologizes for a lot of other more like nuanced stuff like... I'm sorry that I was afraid that you wouldn't like me when you realized I wasn't my brother and mm-hmm. stuff like that until eventually they have worked out all of their emotional shit and they they tell her they are together and they want to be with her as well if she is interested in that. She agrees, but on the condition that there is no more lying. Yeah. No more lies. All honesty. Especially if you're going to be one of the one of the men is like, look, you're in a relationship with two dudes. We're going to fuck up like a lot, probably. But I promise we won't lie anymore. And that's basically all you can hope for. I I am. I'm not going to lie. An amazing man. (laughs) I fuck up a lot. Yeah. Now, I I I recognize that and I fix it. Everybody fucks up. I fuck up a lot. So, yeah. Good job, guys. (laughs) <laughs> yeah double the dudes double the fuck ups. yeah double the dudes but at least they at least they're aware yeah going into it knowing double the dudes double the fuck ups yeah. uh, triple the fuck ups because leo's already a fuck up rewiring <laughs> the patriarchy in your brain is a oh my massive god. massive undertaking oh my god it's got like secondary and tertiary defenses oh it's the worst Ugh. um so everyone's agrees- ground wire doing here <laughs> oh, sorry carry on Everyone agrees. No more lies. Honesty from here on out. They three-way kiss at that point, uh, and then it turns into makeup sex. Not not described in detail, but the makeup sex does happen. That is the end of our book, but there's usually an epilogue, and there's an epilogue in this one. Right. So one year later, Riley is now working in a different ad agency. She left her bullshit with Chad in the, in the past. She's done. The media initially had a field day because there were pictures of her and Leo and Jace walking out of the sports bar in Seattle hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And so the media was like, is Lucas McKnight in relationship with a man and a woman? Oh, wait, no, he has a twin brother. Uh, (laughs) And it still happens every now and again. And then everybody's like, hey, wait, no, his twin brother's still queer. And so everything's fine. Their parents are cool with it. Everybody's cool with it. The relationship is going great, and they are now on their one-year anniversary tonight. They are co- the boy. The men are coming home from something. I don't know what some work thing. It's Christmas Eve. It's their one-year anniversary. So she, to celebrate, has gotten herself some very sexy lingerie and some candy cane stockings, and she's waiting under the tree in the den for them to get home. And as soon as they hit the ground and start texting her, a long-distance butt plug starts buzzing inside of her because they have long-distance ones now, <laughs> which is just. Fantastic. <laughs> there's but, an app for everything. But there's the, <laughs> including the, your sex life. The Wi Fi where they're at spotty. <laughs> so it keeps Is it on edge mode or yeah. is it just spotty Wi Fi? Exactly. Jace, just connect to the Wi Fi. <laughs> the five G is shitty. <laughs> Turn on your laptop, make it a hotspot. Are you in a car? <laughs> Ask the Uber driver if you can. <laughs> anyway, uh, so when Leo and Jace get home, it's time to play. Leo lays her over the back of the couch and um, spanks her for some earlier brattiness that wasn't really established. This is just for spanking purposes at this point. Yeah. While Jace fucks her face. Eventually, this all culminates with Leo fucking Riley missionary while Jace fucks Leo 
from behind okay. and they're all having mutual orgasms and incredible bliss and it's wonderful and everybody's happy Merry Christmas after they're all finished um, they are all cuddling up together Leo and Jace give Riley their present which is matching wedding rings they know they can't actually all three of them get married if they have to figure that out for tax purposes I'm sure at some point somebody could get married yeah. but they want to be married together now they all have matching wedding rings Aww. and it's beautiful and lovely and wonderful and they kiss and commit to to loving each other forever and they all lived hornily ever after in a beautiful little thruple the end well, i'm glad they worked their shit out me too and that was i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to come right out and give Kayla Gross the uh, stick tap because yeah she made you okay with it she made me okay with it yeah made me okay with it yep it's like i said she's very good at her job yep because so. there were a lot of feelings and they were all resolved so i stand corrected yeah good job kayla well done you well done i was into it what are you into oh hey 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 hey. i stole the transition from you you did i am into worker owned media hell yeah i'm into worker owned media and there are a lot of worker owned media websites and and what i mean is literally the people that work for the website or work for the media organization also own it. And I am a huge fan of two in particular. One is Defector Media, and the other one is Aftermath. Uh, Defector has been around for three years now. They are the uh, sort of like the offspring of Deadspin, the old version of Deadspin. Uh, a lot of those folks left Deadspin, the sports website, uh, sports without news favor or, or sports with sports without favor or access I think was their title or their masthead or whatever but anyway they left and they branched off and they founded defector media it's primarily sports but they do a lot of uh, different stuff they hired Sabrina Imbler sometime in the last couple of years she does creature Factor, so she does a lot of c- cool stuff there they have one woman who does a lot of art and culture uh, Soraya Roberts is her name Israel Deramola I believe is he does a lot of music and arts and so on and so forth they're great and then the old Kotaku the people who used to work at Kotaku before Gizmodo Media blew up they have now started Aftermath so, uh, Plunkett, what's his name? Plunkett, uh, Nathan Grayson, Gita Jackson, she's great. They're all over there. I, I happily pay for the great coverage that they give the things that I love. And I love the fact that they own it. It's theirs. They don't have to worry about ad dollars or clicks or, you know, driving revenue. It's just they're able to do what they want and they're supported by the people that consume the work that they put out. So, I will link to their websites and I will maybe try and highlight some other great uh worker owned media websites in a tiktok or something but please do defector and aftermath are my two favorites hell yeah what are you into yeah. well i mean i'm i am also into socialism uh because that's basically what that is but uh, i'm gonna be boring and old this week and say i am into compression socks <laughs> i'm very into compression socks i started wearing them what a couple of weeks ago yeah. uh, and i for whatever reason find them quite lovely i don't need them for anything in particular i don't have like i'm not on my feet all day i am very sedentary so you know maybe in the opposite direction they'll help me that way uh but mostly i just like that my feet get cold during the day and i don't like for i don't like socks but for some reason compression socks are fine and i think it's because they go all the way up to my knees Mm -hmm. and also i like feeling cute walking around my house in knee high socks all day it's adorable it's like a hug for your calves it's like a hug for my calves my big thick meaty calves because i got big old calves yeah you do so finding finding compression socks that fit my calves is also fun but these ones work i just got 
a pack of five that have they're all black and white and they have cute little patterns and stripes and hearts and i'm very excited and yeah that's what i'm into i'm into compression socks now imagine the type of socks that would fit a six foot one thick woman those things go just a, like just below your knee just below my knee just below your knee imagine how far you can pull those up on the spindly little leg of a five and a half year old boy yep because when they came in the mail and our son saw those he insisted on wearing a pair and he wore them to family he the did. family game day family game day they go all the way up to his hips if oh you yeah pull them all the way up and i did i did yes. i pulled him up i pulled him all the way up over his pants pants without yeah a crotch <laughs> it's uh, they look like pants without a crotch eyes without a face pants without a crotch i have no crotch and i must pant pant (laughs) uh at the beginning of the episode or early in the episode we talked about we had some big news for 2024 but before we get to that news this is the final episode uh before the hiatus this is the end of the uh first year of cheap smut this is the 43rd technically 44th episode there is the uh uh, long off discussed uh, lost uh, episode lost episode uh, latte, latte darling. darling it was a good book too um, go read it and there 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 might be a way you can hear it maybe we'll see we've done 43 episodes four author profiles we've done we did a bonus episode we've had uh, th- three guests we had Josh Fekety Aaron Callahan Matt Coggins mm-hmm. my co-host on Put Me in Coach we have been listened to by over We've been streamed almost 4,000 times on uh, over two dozen countries at this point now. We just had France and Taiwan, somebody in those countries listen to us. We landed in a couple of like people's top spot on their Spotify wrapped for podcasts. Uh, It's been an amazing year. And all of this started with your simple idea, which is what if I just explain, what if we just did what we normally do, but we did it in front of microphones. You wanted to share your love of smut with not just me, but the world. And it has become something, it's not a huge thing, it's not a huge podcast, but we have friends now because of this. We have connected with other like-minded people and authors have have reached out and let us know that they appreciate the, the love in a, that we have for their books and the attention that we give their books. And it's just been so fascinating to watch. And all of this is because you had an idea and you did the thing that I say all the time, which is the bravest thing you can do is make something and put it in the world. Yeah. And I was so happy to help facilitate that. So at the end of this, I have nothing but love and respect and admiration for what you did and the courage that you had and the small but growing community that you have started to develop around this. You should be so proud of this thing that you have put into the world. And I am so proud of you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. That's very sweet. I, yeah, I mean, this podcast is my baby. I love this podcast very much. There was, so this year, this has been a very interesting year for me. We started, we started making this podcast in February and Mm. for a time from spring to summer of this year, it was really bad for me, mental health wise. There were days where this podcast was the only thing that kept me going. I mean, obviously, yes, I will continue to move forward every day for my husband and my children and myself. And you know, But the little things, the things that when you don't have joy in them, you you find it difficult to function. There were days where the only thing that I was finding joy in was listening to this podcast over and over and over again. Yeah. Because I made the thing I needed to have. 
I made the podcast I wanted to listen to. And for a while, that was all that mattered. And then I built a little community. And now it matters so much more. Mm-hmm. It's, it's important to me to keep, to keep making this because this community is important to me. This genre is important to me. These books are important to me. And every single time we sit down in front of these microphones to talk about one, I get so happy. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in such a better place mentally. I, you know, I, find, I went back to therapy for a while. I got on medication. I am, I am doing so much better. This podcast has continued to serve as a thing that makes my life better. And if it does that for anybody else, I am so proud. Yeah. And so happy. We've, and I can't wait to keep on sharing it in the future. We've had multiple people reach out uh, and say that we've inspired them. You always say if there's a book and you write it. Yes. People have reached out and told us that we've inspired them to do that. We've had authors reach out and, and, and thank us. You know, they, I can imagine it's scary to hear two total strangers talk about the thing that you put into the world. Yeah. I, <laughs> I understand terrifying. that. I get it. But it's been fascinating to see. And we're going to take it to some uh, new places in 2024. But the thing, and, and this is going to, uh, hear me out, because you're going to hear this and then you're going to hear me say this next thing. You're going to be like, motherfucker. We're starting a Patreon. <laughs> Motherfucker. Motherfucker. Now, let me finish. This is a lot of work that, that, that we put into this podcast. So we would, just like the worker-owned media you know, websites we just talked about, we would like to uh, get something for our work. But this is where we're going to do things a little different. That is, we are only going to have one tier. Yep. One dollar. Yep. That's it. If you would like to give more... That's on you, but we are not going to create tiers. There's not going to be anything at a $5 level that people at the $1 level aren't going to be able to have access to. That's it. If, if all you've got is a dollar and you want to throw a dollar at us every month and say thank you, great. That's, that's awesome. If you've got a little bit more and you feel like it's worth more to you, great. But everything is going to be available to everybody for as little as one dollar a month absolutely nothing there's there's no other tiers that's it nope we have to patreon requires that we charge something yes if we could charge zero to access the content there we would yeah but as it stands one dollar one tier as cheap as we can possibly make it as is the motto of this podcast it's cheap. Exactly. So the link to the Patreon uh, will be in the show notes. Um, I'm going to take a page out of one of uh, my favorite podcasts that I don't really listen to anymore because I don't really follow that world anymore. But uh, the excellent off-panel podcast. It's a comic book podcast hosted by David Harper. He is an amazing uh, podcaster, uh, but he did something that I used to love. I used to love hearing my name oh, yeah. at the end of every episode. Uh, so yeah, if, uh, when you contribute to Patreon, uh, you will be acknowledged at the end of every episode. So Absolutely. if nothing else, chip in a dollar to hear that list get comically longer every episode, make it so that I have to create a separate episode, yep. uh, Absolutely. for that. You know, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, which you don't understand, uh, Reddit on Wiki, where they yeah, just read I, Reddits. I don't. <laughs> I, yeah, there are several podcasts that just do that. And I think it's hilarious. They have they do the same thing and they have now gotten to the point where i have to fast forward through the end of their episodes because it's like five minutes of reading names let's make that happen for us 
and we were talking about once we once we get a, a user base on Patreon having charitable events. Yes. Trying to organize outreach, giving back to our community yes. in small ways and large. In particular, I would like to maybe try and see about having a fund to help indie authors. Absolutely. Because like we were we were talking to Opal Rain, one of the hardest things about getting into indie con- into indie creation is there are still paywalls there. You have to pay editors, you have to pay artists, you have to pay for you have to pay people for their services and it is a dream of mine to help authors with that so absolutely if, if possible in the future and i'm talking like pipe dreams mm-hmm. we could maybe even create a little fun to help some authors and that would just yeah make my life yeah no i'm i we are very fortunate to be in a position where you know we don't need the money to live or anything like that um, it would be nice to be compensated for the the labor that we put into the work. It would be nice to turn some of that money into things like merchandise for the show or to create the funds that you were just talking about, do things for the show. And I would rather not take that as it stands. I already pay money out of pocket to make this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I make two shows mm-hmm. that I pay for out of pocket. So if you could help offset that in any way, big or small, that would be so great. So, and if you go to the link in the the show notes right now and pay that dollar, you will see our first post, which does tease some of the things that we have on the agenda for 2024. Yep. I'm not going to make it easy for hey, you. Hey, hey, hey. Give me the dollar so I can tell you what I'm doing. I'm cheap, but I'm not easy. So <laughs> go do that. And and thank you in advance. We we really appreciate it. And like I said, I, I, I we're going on a little bit long here about this whole Patreon thing, but we want to make it perfectly clear that we are going to make this as accessible to everybody as we possibly can yep so with that in mind is there anything else that you would like to say before we uh sign off because you don't have a book to announce unless you want to do you know what you're going to read when we come back sure do all right well then we'll throw that in the end and what do i always say oh that's right you can find us on social media. We are on Instagram and TikTok at Cheap Smut. If you would like to email us, you can do so. CheapSmutPod at gmail.com. If you would like to support this show, you can do so at Patreon. The link is in the show notes. If you would like to uh, chat with us in real-ish time, you can join our Discord. The link is in the show notes. If you go to our link tree, there is a link to this book at the top. It is not an affiliate link. We do not get paid or compensated for it anyway. We're just trying to help out the authors. The music that you hear in this and every episode is called Nostalgia by Makai Beats. You can find it along with thousands of other songs free of charge for you to use at the Free Music Archive, freemusicarchive.org. What are we reading when we come back on Monday, February 12th, 2024? Our next book is going to be a book I have been looking forward to reading for way too long. Initiation by Alethea Faust, the first book in the Sex Wizard series. Oh, shit. I forgot yeah. about that. Well, fuck. Now I got something to look forward to. Absolutely. Besides you do. everything else in my life. I have heard nothing but incredible things about this series, and I can't wait to get started. I have been wanting to do it for forever, so hell yeah. Hiatus now, though. Yeah. In the meantime, author, author, you, you could be an author. In the meantime, listener, if there is a book in you, write it. And if there's fucking in it, I'll read it. And then after the hiatus, she will come back on this show and explain it to me for your entertainment. Now enjoy your few weeks off from our dulcet tones and happy new year. Bye bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.